Defend yourself to me. Defend yourself to me. Tell me why you like the shit you like. Defend yourself to me. Now defend the solo. Thirty-seven live coming at you from the streets of Los Angeles. Episode thirty-seven in defense, a podcast about things. I'm your host Joey Bergeron. Today's episode is a special episode in that it is being recorded outside of my domicile. Normally, it's recorded in my apartment, and I'm dog sitting at uh, front of the show, Bobby and Nats, friends of the show. So today we are not in my domicile. We are at Bobby and Annette's. This is very exciting. <laughs> Hot radio. Stop saying domicile. <laughs> domicile. <laughs> no. That's what that word means, right? Yes. Okay, great. I you got nailed it. A little nervous. <laughs> no, you're off to a really good start. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool. Start. Yeah, this feels strong. This feels like <laughs> maybe the best. Yeah. Um. Are you going to introduce me? No. That's Thank cool. you for listening. Subscribe. <laughs> uh, no. My guest today. Uh, friend? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after the podcast. Coworker? Yes. Period. Yes. Because it is fact. That is a fact. Fellow podcaster? Yep. Exclamation point. Yeah. it's very true. Yep. Host of peanut butter. Co-host. Co-host. Let's not give you too much credit wow. co-host of peanut butter and jelly shoes mm-hmm. on the itunes podcast collective yep the, yeah. i don't know uh tiffany solia 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 tiffany solia yeah that's me tiffany thanks Solia's for having me here. thank you so much for coming yeah i'm really excited i'm gonna dig right in okay because hot topic today not the uh goth and uh the clothing store for goth teens hot topic i could not defend that i will not defend that please (laughs) no but hot topic ties in hot topic does not tie in people they sell a lot of doctor who should i think that's the first time you mentioned what we were talking about ding (laughs) yeah Yeah, this is the first time i mentioned it uh but as you know it'll say that everyone knows at this point by the time they're listening yes it's no secret correct People are, I know, I know what you're doing out there, listener. You're going, Doctor Who, everybody likes Doctor Who. Everybody likes Doctor Who. I don't hear that. Not true. Joey, I'm not sure if he likes Doctor Who. I don't like Doctor Who. Wow. But here's why. Coming up swinging. I'm going to defend my dislike of Doctor Who. At least previous to today's endeavor of actually watching it and giving it a shot. I'm glad you left the punctuation open-ended for where we're going to land on Friends. Because this podcast definitely might define it. I'm going to go with a semicolon. Okay. Um, Doctor Who falls in this category, and I hope that you have this too, where like, you know people that are obsessed with it, and those people are people you don't tend to like. (laughs) 
Like the people I know that are obsessed with Doctor Who mm-hmm. are the same people that I'm like, oh, I don't think mm-hmm. I'm on board with this. Because I, there are things, Doctor people love Doctor Who more than I love anything. Mm. There are certain fandoms. Here's the list. Doctor Who. Yes. Buffy. Okay. Slash Joss Whedon. Yes. Uh, the Smiths. The band. Okay. Um. Uh, are there any other good ones around that? I think Harry Potter. Harry Potter is Potter probably a good one. Potterheads are pretty enthusiastic. But you know, you know what is a huge one that I don't understand is Supernatural. Mm. People are way into that show. That's a good example. I've seen two episodes and I don't get it. And I watch a lot of weird shit. Mm-hmm. I think what it is with Doctor Who, though, and maybe I'm just thinking out loud here, mm-hmm. as Ed Sheeran would say. Um, I feel that Doctor Who merchandise and like the shirts and the magnets and the buttons and the the pop vinyl toys they're all like references that it's like only the true fans get this the true france the true france <laughs> yeah okay just want to make sure i got that okay just, but isn't that true of literally any fandom yeah that's true but i don't know something about doctor who it always irks me Okay. Well, first of all, I'd I'd like to say thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast to talk about something um, that you reserve hatred for its fans. I feel really welcome. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. You're welcome. I'm sorry you feel that way. I think we're a pretty inclusive bunch, the Whovians. Oh, God. <laughs> Should I just go? <laughs> Should I pick up my stuff and leave? Uh, even at, like just the word Whovians, just I got like a, a cold chill down my spine okay is there a word for people who are like super into star wars no Mm. i think it's just like most people but here that might be part of it too like i think the other fandoms like the harry potter and the star wars though like that everyone is kind of in on it whether you really want to be or not i disagree maybe it's because it's like of our of our time because there's new star well there's new doctor who there is new Doctor Who. I do feel like the fandom thing where people like you're talking about are really rabid about it or protective of it or mm. hate people who like make fun of it is relatively a new thing. I mean, it's kind of always been there for Trekkies and people who like Star Wars. But I feel like until, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something, there weren't like huge rabid fan bases of stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like it's more the advent of the internet, I think, yeah. has added to... Uh, just being able to see it. It's more yeah. around us constantly, whether you're looking for it or not. That's probably right. Um, so you don't like Doctor Who because other people do and are vocal about it. I think that's part of it. Okay. But again, those... So you don't like people who are enthusiastic about things. But hang on. Here, let me... <laughs> okay. But the, the kicker, the thing that makes mm-hmm. it different is that the people that are super fans of Doctor Who tend to be fans of things that I don't like. Okay. Like it's, there's, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of crossover. Okay. You know, I understand. What are some examples of other things? Typical Dr. Who fans like that you dislike. I just want to see if I fall on the spectrum. Well, I think it's even more like when you're like, it's just so balls out fandom of it Mm -hmm. that even like, I think it might just be because like star Wars is so mainstream now mm-hmm. that like when you see a guy in like a Yoda t-shirt, you don't go like, Oh my God, star Wars. But when I see someone in a doctor who t-shirt, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this was a big choice. 
Do you sure. know what I mean? I think I think I do. It's become more it's very in your face. Yeah, well, because everything else has become more like normal. Mm-hmm. Like seeing someone in a star or like a Marvel shirt mm-hmm. or a Deadpool hat no longer is like this like subculture. It's just culture. I think Doctor Who to some extent remains subculture. Really? To some extent, I would think. I'd be interested to know what British people think of American fans of Doctor Who. Because they probably mm. don't hold us in that high of regard. Because it's always been like a huge part of their culture. Right. Like they weren't Star Trek people. They didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So this has been around since 1963 over in England. So I wonder if to them, when this series got like a reboot in 2005, they were like, oh, look at the Americans, like joining the party late. Like we've right. liked it all along. I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but I wonder that sometimes. Was it popular the first iteration in England? Yes. Like mainstream popular? Or was it like a Star Trek where it's popular, but it is like kind of like a... It's like a very definitive thing about British culture. It's mm. it's huge. Like tea time. Yeah. Like tea time mm-hmm. and the queen. And <laughs> uh-huh. those are the only two British things I can think of. The flag. The Union Jack. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Uh, um, uh, bad teeth. Bad teeth. Um, posh accents. Mm-hmm. Um, tiny hats. The word rubbish. Yes. Mm-hmm. The word loo. Loft. Flat. No, flat. So I, I was like, loft is a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> we just were talking about lofts. Shut up. A couple hours ago. Maybe okay. That's why. Okay. Um, so, Doctor Who. Uh, really, this whole 10-minute lambasting of Doctor Who. I was feel my way immediately of, attacked. Was my way of saying, like, some people would say Doctor Who doesn't need defending. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's kind of an, it seems to me more of an all or nothing. Either you are obsessed with and love Doctor Who and drink the Kool-Aid on it, or you're just kind of like apart, like apart from it. Yeah. I've never known a casual Doctor Who watcher. Yes. You're That's right. kind of what the nugget this 10 minute talk had gotten. Yeah. We finally pared it down. Yes. So going from there, I respect your opinions. Thank you so much. As a friend. We'll see. Semicolon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you lo- you've drank the Kool-Aid. You love Doctor Who. I do love Doctor Who. You brought over a box set the size of a small accordion. <laughs> uh, I did. Yep. I bought... It was... Uh, this was a huge Christmas gift one year. Really? In the Solia household. This puppy, not cheap, comes with a universal remote Funny screwdriver. Funny you said puppy because it's bigger than the two dogs I'm boxing <laughs> for currently. It is. Uh, yeah, it comes with the screwdriver. It comes with some... Um, custom art of the three new doctors at the time this was released mm-hmm. there were only three new doctors now there are four now there are four nailed it you did good job for hating it you sure know uh, a lot about it i wrote down so full disclosure we watched two episodes prior to recording this so i tried I to get him to watch all seven seasons and he said no yeah time is of the essence uh <laughs> i uh i made a short list before watching of things i already knew I wrote down things I already know underlined. Screwdriver. Yes. Phone booth. Yep. Cone bad guy thing, which is the thing that looks like a traffic cone. What's it called? A dasilisk? D- Balisk. The basilisk uh, is from Harry, Harry Potter? Potter. Okay. Um, uh, a Dalek. Dalek. Is the traffic cone thing. 
I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. D-A-L-E-K? Yep. Dalek. Dalek. The doctor's mortal enemy. I wrote different doctors. Yes. Which I now know they are playing the same character. They are playing the same character known as the doctor. It was an old show that they rebooted. In 2005. Got it. Yes. And that's, is that when people kind of really got in on it? Like really that's when it? people of my generation, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. really kind of jumped the on board. The greatest generation. The greatest generation. I know um, my friend Anna's father. Friend of the show, Anna. Friend of the show, Anna. Her father was a huge Doctor Who fan when he was young. Mm. And when I met him, we talked about it. And he like still had in his billfold like a membership card from like the Doctor Who fan club from back in like, you know, the 70s or something. Whoa. But I do think, like you said, with the internet, it's much more Friend prevalent. of the show, the internet. Friend of the show, best mm-hmm. friend of the show. Best friend of the show, the internet. The internet. Yeah, definitely has made it more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Because now it's like hip and cool. It's like Sherlock, a fresh reboot. Cooler, higher budget. It is a higher budget. It definitely. seems like it. it's trying to be cooler. Yeah. Playing with time. Playing with time. Playing, playing with, with space. Time, playing with space. The space time continuum. Yeah. Uh, crazy monsters. Mm-hmm. What's... Mediocre effects. Yeah. <laughs> Decent for television. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have like a Game of Thrones budget. Like if it had a Game right. of Thrones budget, those villains would look incredible. But it also... It's kind of supposed to be like B movie esque, right? Isn't it? S- I think it's supposed to retain some of that cheesiness from back in the sixties when they had no money. Right. One of my favorite facts about the show, the what did you call it? The phone booth? Phone booth. That's called a TARDIS. Right. It stands for time and relative dimension in space. It is the doctor's time machine his spaceship if you will Mm -hmm. and it has a chameleon circuit and so when the show first premiered back in the 60s police boxes were an actual thing over in england so they were on on corners of the street and people could go in there and call the police if they needed something sure and so it had a chameleon circuit and the intention was a chameleon circuit are you you know getting how, to it? I'm getting to it. Oh. You know, like, you know how chameleons can change colors and blend into different things. Yeah. So the intention was that the, it wouldn't always be a phone booth. Mm. It would be different objects sure. with different doctors and different times. Mm-hmm. And then they realized they didn't have enough money to build a bunch of different exterior spaceships. So it remained a phone booth. Oh. Cause like they had originally thought like, Oh, well maybe instead of a phone booth, you know, this season, next season, we can make it look like a boat or we can make it look like, you know, something different. Yeah. But they kept that. I think it's kind of charming. They should have kept the boat idea. You're wrong. Afloat. Keep the idea afloat. Oh my God. <laughs> Boats float on water. They do. You are correct. Great. The word association worked. Yes. Um. So we watched two episodes. Mm-hmm. We watched Blink. Yeah. Arguably the most famous episode of the show, of the new mm-hmm. flock. <laughs> the new flock? The new batch. Yeah, the new batch. Yeah, I definitely the- think it's the most commonly known one. If you don't know Doctor Who, you might have heard of that episode title before. Sure. Don't blink, blink and you're dead. Yeah. And then the other one we watched was called 
Da Vinci's Demons. It no, was, it was <laughs> called Vincent and the Doctor. It was Vincent. Van Gogh. You were very close. <laughs> A for effort. Vincent and the Doctor. I'm just writing these down so I don't forget what we just watched. One of Blink, featuring David Tennant. My favorite Doctor. Seems like a hot Doc. People S- like him. Super hot. That's not what I meant, but people like him a lot, um, right? Also, sexually attractive hot. Okay. Did you um, see his hair at all? Yeah. It's the best part. It's very like of its era. Yeah. I dig it. It's You put that on, you go, oh, this is set in 2007. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it, though. But it, Matt it, Smith's looked pretty like that, too, I guess. His was floppier. Like, David Tennant's was spikier. Yeah, he's using... Um, he's using gel. Like, cool gel. LA, what is that? L.A. looks? L.A. gear. No, no L.A. gear <laughs> shoes. I thought... L.A. looks might be or it. Or, like, Dep. Isn't that, like, a 90s Yeah, D-E-P-P. Right? Yeah. Or there's like good to go or got to hold. Yeah, got to be strong. Got to. um, We might be getting invaded. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it doesn't pick it up. (laughs) It scared me though. From people walking down some stairs and Joey startled. I'm sorry. We're talking about hair gel. Could you just like wait? (laughs) Keep it down. And then we watch Vincent the Doctor featuring Matt Smith. Yes. Me and Smith. Um. Before David Tennant, there was that old guy. Christopher Eccleston, who was the old guy. And now that Peter Capaldi is the most current doctor and is actually quite old, Christopher Mm -hmm. Eccleston is now just kind of like the first doctor. (laughs) Even though he was not the first doctor. He was the ninth doctor. It's interesting. It's, do they like, this is a weird question. Okay. Because they, they, the doctors are the same character right it's like a different form they are the same person they're the same guy the same character it's always the doctor doctor who does he have another name he does have a name it is never revealed oh like uh beatrix kiddo from kill bill good pull huh listener (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna call him beatrice kiddo so I wish he wouldn't. <laughs> there are 12 doctors, or there will be. There are 12 doctors right now. Peter oh, okay. Capaldi is the 12th, but there's kind of like technical things that people aren't too sure about because there was something known as the War Doctor who was played by John Hurt mm-hmm. in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. So he kind of came between a couple other doctors. So it's like a question of does he count as number 10? Oh. meaning does everyone go up a level? Because here's the thing. It was originally, I don't think they knew it was going to be such a runaway hit. So it wasn't written into, you know, the canon of the show that he was going to be able to regenerate. Mm-hmm. But the first person that played the doctor back in the sixties was this guy named William Hartnell. And he was very old and he started like failing with his health and mm-hmm. the show has gotten really popular. So they're like, well, shit, we can't end it. People are actually watching this. Um, so they like wrote in a thing that like something that would kill you or I or like a normal human since he's an alien, he can regenerate his Mm. cells can regenerate to where instead of dying, he's like reborn with like a new body and a new face. Okay. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. So the like original series. Yeah. Was a few years Runaway hit. Runaway right? hit. No, it was it was from like the sixties for a while. There shoot, there were eight doctors before that. It doesn't matter. But when did okay. it stop? Like the seventies, eighties? I think it was like the eighties. Okay. 
Yeah. And then they canceled it. It was like, we're done. They were done. And then they wanted to revive it. And mm. it was a huge hit when it was revived. Was it like a, I guess you came into it after it already come back. I right? came into it after it was revived. So I guess I'm, you know, a little late on the nerd curve. But it's yeah, okay. I started, it came back in 2005 and I probably started watching it in like 2012, 10, okay. 11, somewhere around there. 10 through 12. Yeah. Some, somewhere around there. Do you know if it was like, we're bringing it back? Like there was a big push for it? I don't know. I'm curious. I bet there was. I'm sure it was way more of a big deal overseas. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Because it seems like it became a hit with this reboot here. Yeah. This is kind of what brought it into the Yeah. And I think it also um, became a hit when the episode started being available for streaming. Sure. Because if you were coming into it late, you could just catch up. Right. And you don't have to go back to 63 to start. And a lot of those episodes are lost, like forever. Have you seen all those? All like no, books? I've seen quite a few, but mm. I have not seen all of them. They are ridiculous, like super cheesy, very B-movie. Yeah. I'd be interested in catching up with all of them, but... Like I said, a lot of them are lost to the ether. Like mm. the tapes don't exist anymore. So there are like big gaps in certain doctor seasons where you can't actually catch up. Sure. Is it the ones we watched seemed very, I mean, I know you were giving me kind of like sample episodes <laughs> of what any of them would feel like. Is it always very like episodic, like of its own, like self-contained thing? I know there's like yes. some through lines, but is it for the most part like... Yeah, yes and no. I mean, a lot of it is kind of like Monster of the Week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, but there are storylines and story arcs that go through entire seasons and plots that happen in earlier seasons that are later revisited or characters who remain a part of the show's consciousness even though they are no longer there. Sure. So you can pick it up at any point, but you might be like, why do they keep talking about this Rose person? Or what is this that they're referencing? So you would have to go back and watch if you really wanted to be totally dialed in. Sure. I don't. But if, wow, you know, it doesn't seem like you need to be totally dialed in. What about it is like, why? You okay? I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> it's a little My, awkward. Yeah. Um, what about it do I love? Thing. Like, I get it. I was watching it. It's fun. Sure. I get it. Why is it like a phenomenon? Why does everyone love it? I get liking it for I can't, sure. I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for why I love it. There's a lot of reasons why I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Give me at least Do two. we have eight more hours no. to go into? Okay. You have three minutes. Oh, no. That's really... That's asking a lot. Um, I love the character of the doctor. Sure. I love his intelligence and curiosity and i appreciate the fact that with few exceptions when steve moffat took over as showrunner Mm -hmm. he is not a violent person like he his sole purpose in existence is to travel around space and time and help people and try to help aliens who have lost their way find their way home Mm -hmm. try to rescue planets who are under attack from other alien races and he never uses violence. He uses his brain. And I respond really well to that. Sure. I like a smart protagonist. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest reason why I like it. And I love, like, 
I am. I'd like to preface this by saying I never have read any fan fiction, but I feel like the show is what fan fiction is. Cause it's like, you have a character that you love mm-hmm. and you're watching and you're like, God, it would be so cool to see like, what would it be like if he got to meet Vincent van Gogh and he gets to, or like, what if, since it's like so many alien races, like, I wonder what would happen if like he encountered vampires and they can create an alien race. that's like vampires. He can go meet Robin hood. Sure. He can go to the end of the world in the future. He can like see what earth will be like in 5,000 years. So I, I like that. Like most shows you don't get to know what your favorite character would do in different situations. Right. And here you get to see him like experience anything you could possibly imagine. There's an episode called dinosaurs on a spaceship because they were like, it'd be kind of cool to see what he would do with dinosaurs. So it's they put dino- dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah. With an exclamation mark. And they put them on a spaceship. Yeah. All right. And that was in the reboot. Yeah. That was in the reboot. So like, know. what would he do with dinosaurs? Well, let's watch. Like, That's interesting. So it's, it's fun to me because you can put him in any situation and he remains the same. Sure. And like, even when he changes bodies, his main characteristics stay the same. Like he's smart he's compassionate, you know, but his personality fluctuates a little bit. Sure. Like David Tennant was a lonely doctor. Matt Smith is like a mad, madman with a box is what they call him. Mm-hmm. Peter Capaldi is, I think he is like the angry doctor. So they have different personality traits, but like the core being is the same. And that's cool too. I wrote the down. Thank you for, <laughs> for making it explicit when you were done. Uh, <laughs> What makes David Tennant the lonely doctor? Well, oh my God. We just need <laughs> so much more. Everything is like We an need epic so much tone. more time. Well, it is though. That's that's what's so fun about the show. So he's a lonely doctor because basically he's a time lord. He comes from the planet Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. He and his entire race can manipulate time with their time traveling devices. He's the last of his kind. He had to make the decision to save the universe by killing his entire race along with the entire Dalek race Mm -hmm. to stop them from ruining the world. So he's traveling alone and that's why he always picks up companions because they help him retain like a human contact because he's not human even though he looks it. So they're kind of like his conscience and he's lonely because he falls in love with his companion and she ends up dying and and being put into like a... Yes, spoilers for something that aired in like 2008. Uh, And she ends up in like a different dimension and he's lonely. Mm -hmm. And he's, I mean, 900 plus years old and he's been traveling around by himself. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. That is sad. That's all I got. The end. Fiend. (laughs) Uh, How old was he when the show started? Still like hundreds of years old? Like the original? Oh, back. I don't know, actually. I know at the point we're at now, Stephen Moffat, he's famous for like ruining canon of the show, mm-hmm. which I could really get into, but I probably won't. But he is now like billions of years old because there was one episode where Peter Capaldi literally had to perform a repetitive action to get out of the cell he was in for over a billion years, which is stupid. <laughs> what was the repetitive action? Like <laughs> scraping a hole in the wall? Or You're not far off. There was like an enormous brick of ice that he had like no tools he's like tap with his finger tap i think it was the finger uh yeah it took billions of years that is dumb yeah and it was really stupid Um, so he's a very old being i think we need to get into stephen moffat okay so stephen moffat from what i know 
was a British writer producer. Yes. Famously co-created Sherlock with Mark Gaddis, mm-hmm, which is a runaway hit as well. I love Sherlock too. He wrote for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Then the showrunner leaves, and he gets the bump up, mm-hmm. takes over the show, and as you've so eloquently put it, ruins canon. I also think he is an actual troll that just like lives under a bridge and lives to ruin people's hopes and dreams. Sure. He's kind of like the George R. R. Martin of Doctor Who. He's an, mm. an emotional vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a fantastic writer for the show when he wasn't in charge. Some of my favorite episodes are written by him. Sure. And so it was exciting when he took over, but the the previous showrunner, Russell T. Davies was great in my opinion. He was better. And part of the problem with Moffat is his episodes end with magic kind of like instead of, I mean, I know it's like a dumb science fiction thing and nothing can ever really be explained. They just use weird words, but instead of trying to explain something, a lot of times they will just be like this sort of magical ending and things like fall into place and it just is over and he fixes everything. And that seems like cheap to me. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So that bothers me. And he does change Canon, like things that have been around for, you know, 50 years, he suddenly decides, well, but I think it would be better this way. And yeah. the collective fandom like poops its pants. It's no good. No, it's no good. The Sonic screwdriver is now Sonic sunglasses. That's really dumb. It is so dumb. I think he realized, oh man, I cast a really old doctor after a very young doctor. How can we make him hip? And so there are some sequences where like Peter Capaldi plays an electric guitar solo. I'm not kidding. That happens at least two or three times. And then he decides to have Sonic sunglasses because the screwdriver is kind of old and tired. Hmm. Well, they're both dumb. Objectively. Objectively. Uh, Sure. If the only tool you have at your disposal is a screwdriver, that's silly. Two guys hitting each other with glowing sticks is also pretty dumb. So relativity is important here. Uh, They are just like Ray-Ban sunglasses. Yeah. I thought they would be like weird. No. Like the sonic screwdriver does not look like a screwdriver. No. At all. You know the noise it makes? Like that whirring noise? Yeah. That happens when he like touches the sunglasses now. It's so bad. The first picture that comes up, I'll tweet this out, is like very It's like looking. who it's like Caruso and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I mean, I likened it before we did this to Joey about like if the lightsaber suddenly became like, I don't know. A hat. A light hat. Uh-huh. You know, or something just really silly. And everyone would be like, why are you changing it? There was nothing wrong with it. This is established as what it is. We've grown to accept it as this weird thing. Yeah. Don't make it weirder again. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Especially with like old properties like that. Like, don't mess with that. Mess with other stuff, sure. (laughs) But like, that's when people will turn. It's like the stuff they know and love. Don't change that. Yeah. And the entire backstory of the doctor, which made him lonely and traveling around by himself was him being the last of his kind. And suddenly Stephen Moffat's like, you know, what would be super cool is if he wasn't the last of his kind. That was so weird. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a thing where like Gallifrey ended up being frozen kind of like in a time, like a frozen time loop instead of being destroyed. Uh, when when did that happen? The like the time war. Time. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. 
because uh, I was curious if, like, when he changed that, did he make it so that the doctor always knew it was frozen? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so. This show really hurts your head if you think it's about convoluted. it a lot. It's very convoluted. There's like there's a character named River Song who you meet, and she's already met the doctor, but he hasn't met her yet. So she knows all about him and he doesn't know who she is. And like, as the series progresses, I mean, again, I guess spoilers, if you don't want to know about it, she's his, uh, there's an episode called the doctor and his wife or something like that. And they, that's his wife. Oh, I won't spoil who she really is, but like she's in it a whole the lot. Traffic, huh? No river song. I know, but is the spoiler she's that she's actually the not in disguise. She is not a Dalek in disguise. Oh. But she has, like, I still struggle to understand her timeline. And I am an avid fan of the show. And, like, I've sat down with the intent of, like, figuring it out. And it's tough. Weird. Yeah. But, I get, yeah, I guess there's so much. And, like, especially time travel stuff when it's, like, this changed this past. Mm-hmm. And, like, going back affected this and all that constantly. Like, yeah, that's got to be tough on my old brain. Is that your arm? It cracked? No, that's the pen, I think. Oh. Okay. Making that noise. I'm okay. Good. Is it... So, w- the two we watched, what I struggle with is, like, just... Like, I, I don't even know how to, like, put, like, a log line for this show. Even, like, Quantum Leap, which is, a, I would argue, a fairly similar show of guy travels through time, solves a problem, goes back. Mm-hmm. But even that one's like, okay, in this episode, he goes to this time... Finds a problem, solves it, gets sent to another time. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who doesn't seem like... It seems like it's just like story involving this doctor in some regard mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah. But like, what's it about? It's about a time traveler and his companion and their adventures through space and time. What's his goal? His goal is to make sure that no one has to deal with like what he's dealt with. He tries to make sure that like planets aren't obliterated, species aren't wiped out, so no one has to be alone. Sure. I mean, he's like Earth's greatest defender. Mm. Like that's a big thing. Like he keeps yeah. coming back to Earth because he loves the people and they're good people in his eyes and they can do so much and they just need the opportunity and it's hard for them to do good things when they're constantly under attack by aliens. There's a lot of connections between it and Superman, I find. That he's an alien from another planet whose pla- home planet was destroyed. He's the last of his kind, and he comes to Earth and keeps Earth safe. There's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And But he doesn't have to fly around the planet in the opposite direction to travel through time. Yeah, he can just hop in his phone box. Mm-hmm. Which is like Bill and Ted, but they probably took it from Doctor Who. I bet they did. Because it came way later. <laughs> <laughs> it did come way later. Uh, but I constantly think of that whenever I really? see... Really? Uh, I've never once thought of that. Really? Which is really dumb of me. Whenever I see a TARDIS, I always think of bill and ted i appreciate that you are now using the word tardis uh it's uh, it's still phone booth i knew it was called a tardis but i always forget if that's the tardis or if the traffic cone some of my favorite moments at work you've done this maybe like two or three times you'll randomly turn to me and be like so i have this doctor who question and i like throw (laughs) everything off my desk and i'm like i'm ready (laughs) there was one one day where you just i don't even know what you were looking at you were looking at something online and then you're like so here's a question i have and it was something about the, the tardis Mm. I was super into it. It's so big on the inside. <laughs> it is bigger on the inside. It looks like, and this is probably intentional, but it has a very like uh, the main set of like the Enterprise, like an open 
bay, but usually there's, you know, it's full of people and that you'd see the ship like shake. You know what I mean? Like it has yeah. a very like uh wide open set feel. It was I'm trying to look for a picture of one of the original sets so you can see like they've tried to keep it similar like in feel yeah, but they, like it like look at how cheap that is oh, yeah, like that that's looks a like four a, wall set that looks like a game show yeah <laughs> it's like a four wall set there's uh, it changes with the doctor and their personalities but like there's some things that remain the same there's like a center console that manipulates the time vortex mm-hmm. and there are holes kind of around the wall one of my favorite episodes you know neil gaiman the yeah. author he wrote one um and it's really popular and it's the tardis comes to life like the doctor actually talks to the tardis a lot like she's a sentient being it's a oh, she it's a girl it's a she nice um so he talks to her like a sentient being a lot and then she like manifests in this episode like as a humanoid person mm. was she hot pretty cool yeah she was hot of course did he fall in love with her no i mean he he has a complicated relationship with his <laughs> ship but he <laughs> he does not love the ship nor has he ever tried to do anything with yeah, the ship yeah yeah do you right. think there will be a girl doctor? I hope so. I have a friend who... Would uh, be perfect. <laughs> d- yeah, it's me. <laughs> I, I know someone who vehemently does not want that to happen. And they're like, I would quit watching. And I think that's so silly. I would love for there to be a female doctor. Sure. I think that'd be so cool. Has there ever been a male companion? Yes, there have been several male companions. Oh. Amy in the Vincent and the Doctor one, her... That was the floor. Her husband, Rory Williams, is on the show a lot with her. Hmm. And before... Oh, so there's like multiple companions. It's not just sometimes, one person. Oh. Most of the time, it's a solo companion. Mm-hmm. Amy had Rory. Um, and but so were, Rory was Amy's companion? Or they were both companions? They were married. The, oh. They weren't always married. Like when... That was actually... Oof. Okay, I won't get into it. I won't get into it. But like... They traveled together with the doctor. Normally it's a one-on-one thing, but Rory was a little jealous and Amy was a little flirty. So they started traveling as a threesome. Sure. The doctor with one exception, never is romantically involved with the companions. Cause he's, that would be creepy cause he's super old and, and also an alien. The one exception that one that disappeared or whatever. Yeah. Rose. Mm-hmm. That was Rose. very sad. Sounds sad. Did you cry? Probably. Mm-hmm. Will there ever be a kid doctor? I don't know. You know, my biggest hope, he, uh, every time he regenerates so far, he always wants to be ginger. He's always like pulling his hair and checking his hair to see if he's ginger. So mm. I would love a ginger doctor. Maybe Ron Weasley could be a doctor. Mm. I know that's not his real name. Rupert Grant. Yeah. I don't know what he's got going on, but maybe he could be the doctor. I don't think he's busy. He could be a doctor. I think they need to go younger again. Didn't Ron, uh, I said Ron Weasley. Didn't, <laughs> uh, what's his face? You just said his Rupert Grint. Yeah. Did you do a movie about like a farting kid? Like Thunderpants. I swear he's in a movie called Thunderpants. I think it's called Thunderpants. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe. Ha. Thunderpants. What? Uh, A boy, Bruce Kirk, who cannot stop, who cannot control his nonstop flashes become mix up with a U.S. space program and a tenor. And Rupert Grin is in it. You know what? I might watch that. Stephen Fry is in it as well. Oh, I like Stephen Fry. And Paul Giamatti. Oh. Wow. This is one All to star see. Cast. <laughs> wow. I do yeah. love, there's a lot of huge guest stars on Doctor Who. Right. Yeah. So it's not like just a weird thing that 
people like. Like it's such a thing that big celebrities want to be on it. Mm-hmm. You got Simon Pegg. You got Nick, Nick Frost, Frost playing Santa Claus. That's really a highlight. <laughs> I might want to watch <laughs> you that. You got one. Sir Ian McKellen does a few voices. Mm-hmm. You've got Maisie Williams. She's Game kind of, of a big deal right now. You've got uh, the guy who plays Argus Filch in Harry Potter. Sure. Um, Bill Nye was in an episode we watched. Mm-hmm. So was Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, Bill Nye didn't get enough time in that episode. He doesn't even get a credit. Like they don't credit his name until like the end. Why is he even in it? That could have been anyone. Because I think genuinely I'm being sincere. I think a lot of these people like want to be on the show because it's mm. such a cultural thing for British people. They want to be on the show. Sure. They're fans of the show. I'm pretty sure I could be making it up, but I feel like I read that Neil Gaiman wanted to write an episode. So like he was like, Hey guys, can I write an episode for the show? Like, I don't think they went to him yeah. to write it. Like he was such a fan. Sure. He wanted to do it. It's like our Simpsons. Sure. Yeah. With tons of the celebrity cameos and stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't play themselves most of the time. Got it. Do they ever do that? Do they ever have like a weird pop culture one where it's I Doctor Who meets well, I guess they did Vincent Mango. Yeah, I mean, they have. he's met like Shakespeare and people like that, but I don't think he's ever been like, I want to go and meet Elvis Presley or like, oh, dang it. you know, the Beatles <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Not that I can recall, maybe in the older ones that I haven't seen. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm sorry. One can hope. Maybe we'll get there. God, I hope so. I, I'm so curious why it's so loved. It's... I get, I don't know something about, it's like very, what other, okay. So you said you liked, you didn't like blank that much. Why? I didn't dislike it. Uh, I will. So like watching it as someone who's seen Sherlock, it felt very Sherlock esque in like the camera movements. It was written by Moffat. I know. And it was, I put those two together. Maybe I saw it because I knew that, but it was like, Oh, okay. Like this feels that way. Um, it just felt like, too smart for its own good mm. of like uh okay like you wrote the thing and like i don't know just there were elements of it that i thought were a little too smart. i didn't dislike it but also the thing too is like watching it i could tell it wasn't a standard episode right because there wasn't a ton of the doctor or like but i typically feel like that's a good introduction to it because it, it kind of explains the rules of the world yeah and he can be I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like with the Matt Smith one, like his personality, the doctor can be a lot to handle at once. So I feel like for your first episode to see kind of like a manic guy Mm -hmm. sometimes might put you off. But even David Tennant in that one, I thought felt pretty manic. I thought he was as big as Matt Smith was, but maybe that's just because like that was a, you know, maybe their levels were lower and higher Mm -hmm. based off other episodes. Um but you're right. It was good to see, like, oh, here's a character that doesn't know these people at all. So it's like, oh, here's them introducing the TARDIS, or like, here's them finding out this thing for the first time. You kind of like ease your way into it. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. But the problem was, like, we watched, and I was like, who's this? Who's this? Is this person important? <laughs> is this person a regular? Everything is important. The first 15 minutes, I was like, I don't know who these people are, or what the relationship yeah. is to each other. And then they're like, they just met an hour ago. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. Well, it's hard. It's really hard to pick like a first episode. Like I struggled with it. Like when you were asking what to watch, because there are so many really strong episodes that I've 
very famous dialogue or scenes, but if you just drop off into it where you have like 10 characters that are regulars that are all like in different time periods trying to converge to like solve a problem, it's very overwhelming. Right. That's fair. I get it. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But I see why you like it. I do, that the one thing I took out of those two episodes is I see why people like it. Yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's pretty lighthearted. There's big stakes, action, huge adventure, yeah. but it all like works out in the end and kind of wraps up. It seems. Except if there's two parters. Exactly. What? I've got. God, I love the two parters. <laughs> I really do. I, I'm interested in that one you're talking about with like the memory loss. The silence. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone uh, listening that people are probably listening to this that do know. Yeah. Let's be honest, no one's listening to this. But the people that are <laughs> that know Doctor Who are probably like, this kid's so dumb. No, I don't think anyone thinks you're dumb. That would be like I don't watch Star Trek other than I've seen like the movies. I'm not gonna know who all of the bad sure. guys are. That's fair. And but... Doctor Who has hundreds of bad guys with very few recurring ones. Right. Some are one offs. But, like, even those angels, like, I think that's... Those are pretty popular. People that don't know the show probably still know that imagery. If, if, if you don't know the show, you probably know what Joy likes to call the trash cones or the yeah. traffic cones, traffic the Daleks. Cones. You know the Daleks, you know the Weeping Angels, and you probably know the Cybermen. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. In my head, I'm seeing the thing from Battlestar Galactica. Okay, I'll show I you a picture. I don't think is the thing. Do you like Battlestar Galactica? No, I just know that robot thing from Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Um... Hold, please. Holding. This guy. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, they're great. That looks great. like a mix of uh, General Grievous and uh, Ultron. Do you see the teardrop in its eye? Like, Real or like the little cutout? Like the little cutout and yeah. the teardrop? That's because those are humans in there that are put in there against their will. Oh, and they cry? Well, yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, but oh, the, their brains like, are like scrambled, and they're turn all their emotions are turned off. They're just turned into like killing machines. So it's fun. Like the Daleks and the Cybermen were were like the biggest villains back in the original, and they rebooted them. Mm. Interesting. Is it what makes the the Dalek so menacing? Does it do anything? <laughs> like, does it have like a yeah? They they. <laughs> <laughs> they have they might not look menacing yeah. what with their plunger arm <laughs> and their egg beater arm but they can exterminate someone like with the with the shock from their egg beater that like hits you and it turns you into a skeleton and then you die oh, okay and they are purely emotionless and all they want to do is take over the entire universe hmm. they're very hard to defeat and it's weird because they kind of look like oh i'm Traffic. gonna mess it no i'm gonna mess up is it krang is that from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of look like that when you open it up. Oh. There's like a little thing inside, mm-hmm. and it kind of looks like that. Interesting. It's creepy. Nice. That's pull. like, that's his, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> for all those TMNT fans out there. Yeah. That's like his mortal enemy, and that's really the only villain that scares the Doctor. Because mm. they're so difficult, and yeah, they can kill and, you so easily. And because he had to destroy everything and one he knows to defeat them. Oh. Yeah. They are the bad They guys. are the original baddies. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. 
You're never going to watch another episode, are you? No, here's the thing. There's a lot of it. And because it feels like you can go in anywhere, that almost makes me not want to go in at all. Mm. If it was like, I don't know, like, like a Breaking Bad where it's like it's season three and everyone's talking about it. And you're like, oh, I want to get like on the bandwagon and go back and catch up that I like there's a draw to it of like, oh, I got to catch up. Whereas this feels like you can just jump in anywhere. I can pretty episodic. Like I, if you were like, these are the six best episodes, I would watch those six happily. Probably of my own volition. I'm just like, yeah, I'd watch a couple more. But I don't think there would ever be enough to be like, well, I got to watch the next one. It always I be like, I'll watch the other ones that are really good. Repitch it to you and say it's not episodic. You have to start at the beginning. Sure. But I, there's, other than to see a different person play that character, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's been like, oh, I got to watch more of it. Well, I get it. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's for me. The interesting part of it and the fact that it does change doctors and companions and I don't know, all that kind of stuff is that and settings. Yeah. There's not there's really just like one person to hold on to that character, specifically the doctor. Yeah. And it's like if you don't love the doctor, you can't be like, well, I love that it's set in this environment. Uh, not always <laughs> like, yeah, well, I love that true. companion. Well, they're frozen in time. <laughs> like, There's yeah. just. A lot of variables to it mm-hmm. that you really got to hook onto that one thing. You do. And that's not me being pro or against it. I'm just saying that's as a fact. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty fair point. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you you're so welcome. Kind of like James Bond. Yeah. Changes Bond girls, changes mm-hmm. villains for the most part. Yeah. If you like uh, Judy Dench, you're golden. <laughs> But that's really it. <laughs> Judy Dench is the TARDIS in this yeah, metaphor. Yeah, the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> Judy Dench as M is Dame the TARDIS. Dame Judy Dench as the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. If the TARDIS started speaking, I feel like, aside from that standalone Neil Gaiman episode, it would sound like Judy Dench in my Yeah, head. I could see that. Yeah. Did you see the new Bond, the Daniel Craig Bond movies? Which one? I Any saw Casino Royale, mm-hmm. Quantum of Solace. And Skyfall. And Skyfall. Okay. So, yes. yes. <laughs> would be, the answer would be yes, you did. Just wanted to show off I that I knew three titles. I guess there's now Spectre too. Yeah. Whatever. Um, the guy who plays Q in it. The young guy, right? Yeah. He's young now. I thought that was Matt Smith. All right. For a decent amount of time. Okay. It's not. He's no, he's much younger. younger. <laughs> but I didn't really know who either of them were yeah. I individually. Mean, Matt Smith is the youngest doctor that they've had. Hmm. Yeah, I this think... guy. Oh. oh, my goodness. I mean, I... <laughs> floppy hairstyle. Floppy hair, yes. But floppy brown <laughs> hair and a tie. I don't I know. Don't, kind of. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. You're you were wrong. You know what though? That guy's thirty five. Is he really? Yeah, that's surprising. Wow, he's aging well. Ben Wishaw. Friend of the show. Be- friend of the show, <laughs> Ben Wishaw. <laughs> AKA Q. Uh yeah. My legs are hurt again. Oh. We're good. Hold <laughs> pausing Hold. for technical difficulty. <laughs> done okay um <laughs> do you have other questions for me or how are you feeling about this how am i feeling mm-hmm. how are you feeling how'd you feel about the episode transition to postmortem. <laughs> 
There's a feature on the show called Postmortem where you talk about what you thought about the episode. But you asked the me. The episode that we just did. The one we just did. Oh. That was a really good transition that you would have appreciated had you known that that was a feature of the show. Listen, I've <laughs> heard a handful of your podcast before. Mm. At least 10. Wow. Yeah. 10 out of 37. How That's... many How many have you listened to of mine? At least two. <laughs> oh, wow. Out of how many? Out of like 20-ish. That's about the same ratio. Okay. So, fuck so, you. Hey, right back at you. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Um, What do you think? Of this episode? Yeah. I think it went well. Mm-hmm. Do you think you defended it? I think I talked a lot. Whether or not I defended is. it, I don't know. You could tell me that. Here's the thing to remember. I think I spoke my piece. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, But when you say you talked a lot, just remember that podcasts as a medium Um, are audio only. Yeah. So really, if you don't talk, there's no medium at all. You guys are missing out on some good hand gestures right now. It's big swooping (laughs) pen loosely in the fingers. Yeah. Um, Waiting for it to go. Kind of like I'm like signaling you to continue. Go home. Oh, oh, go past third and run home. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing, the problem I have is that I could easily continue talking about Doctor Who for ever. Sure. So, I mean, this could be like part one. Just kidding. But <laughs> I do think it went well. I think I said what I had intended to say. Good. I think I explained why I like the show. Mm-hmm. I understand why you would like the show. Do you understand now more than you did before? Yeah. I know more Perfect. than I did before. Well, that's all I can hope for. But I also think the episodes you showed me, I think a lot of the Stephen Moffat stuff, from what I know of him, probably kind of subverts the expectations of a typical episode. He's like, here's like a twist on the old story. Mm-hmm. What if Sherlock was today? You know, like a little <laughs> bit of like a twist on it. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, there's probably a lot of things I would appreciate more had I known what a typical episode was. Fine. You know what I mean? You kind of see like... Oh, that's why this plays well is because you, like not that it didn't work on its own. Yeah. But I'm sure it works even better played against what you expect. Well, I am happy to recommend more episodes to you. I'm sure, I'm sure you are. I'm no I will not I was gonna say I'll leave you the box set, but I won't. That is yeah. very precious to me. That thing will get dusty so quick. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I w- if you are interested, I will recommend more to you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh quick shout out, friends to show, Bobby and Nett. Levi and Lily, the dogs, uh, your friend Anna, internet, our best friend, best friend of the show, the internet. Yeah. Um, the guy who plays Q in Skyfall. Ben Wishaw? Ben Wishaw. Yeah, and he doesn't get talked about enough. You know what? Not enough Wishaw talk. Not enough. Wishaw talk. Wishaw talk. Wishaw talk. Wishaw talk. There should be some combination of Wichita mm-hmm. and Wish. You talking Wishaw? Wishaw. Talking Wichita in Wichita. For those of you just tuning in, Joey's not having a stroke. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this podcast. <laughs> the this very radio end. on demand <laughs> right at the tail. Oh, um, my God. Tiffany, you have any plugs? Yeah, I would love to give a shout out to another best friend of the show. Best friend of me. Wow. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Caitlin Duffy. Caitlin Duffy. My podcast co-host, Peanut Butter Jelly Shoes. Jelly Shoes. Woof. <laughs> I'm going to try it again. Rewind it. 
Can you delete that part? Yep. Okay. You are definitely understanding the concept <laughs> of radio on demand. <laughs> Best friend of me and the show, Caitlin Duffy, co-host of Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoes. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. I really like that Ghostbusters 2 app. Thank Highly you so recommended. much. Anyone's We've got listening. Yeah, thank you. We've got some uh, new stuff heading heading to you soon. Sweet. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Thank you for having me. And hey, as they say on Doctor Who, live long and prosper. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>